Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I want to welcome you to City Church Online this morning. And I want to say that wherever you are in the world, whatever you're facing right now, you're not alone. I really appreciate you for tuning in and being part of this moment, that we can share this moment together in history. We're living in challenging times. We're living in crazy times, but we're also living in incredible times of opportunity right now. And I believe that this morning's message will inspire you and uh, that you'll see an opportunity this morning that you can seize a hold of that will change your life. I want to take a moment and just pray for you because I know that wherever you are, we're in different cities around the world and different circumstances, like I said. I I really want God to minister to you, and I want you to know that it's not only that you're not alone, that, that, that we're together right now in this moment, but also God is with you wherever you are in your living room or your car, down at the beach. Some people have been watching this down at the beach. Wherever you're at, God is there. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that and to allow him to be with you uh, wherever you are. Father, I just thank you right now for ministering to each person and comforting and just bring your presence into the rooms and, and and the space that each person is in right now. As only you can do, Lord, calm the storms of life. Let us know, Lord, that we are protected, that we are heard, that you truly do love us. And I thank you for each person that's dialed in. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is Good Friday, and I want us to have a look this morning and to really understand why it's called Good Friday. And uh, that's kind of the big question that we're going to answer uh, today is why is it called Good Friday anyway? Paul, a follower of Jesus, wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, a city in, in Greece. I've actually been there. It's quite, uh, uh, quite an incredible place to look at the ruins and where Paul talked. And, and he said this, he said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I think about what an incredible statement that was because Paul wrote about half of the New Testament. Paul had probably the greatest revelation of who Jesus was than, than, than probably anybody else. Uh, he had an encounter with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. He uh, had revelations in 2 Corinthians where he was caught up, it says, into the third heaven. He actually went to heaven and uh, met with God and heard things that he couldn't even utter, he said, saw things that he couldn't even describe. They were so absolutely incredible, but he had a, a revelation like probably nobody else. Paul was a great miracle worker. Paul uh, did so many different things. He, he, he walked in power. He probably knew the mysteries of God more than anybody else in his time. And, and he also knew uh, uh, the Lord, the risen Lord. He wasn't there, however, during the crucifixion or the resurrection. He, he missed out on all of that. There's no record of him being there when Jesus was crucified. And yet he makes this statement, I have uh, determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So why would he say something like that? It, it, to me, that just boggles my mind that, uh, that he would even say something like that. Here's a man 
that was very, very religious. Uh, he had uh, uh, a cleanliness about him, so to speak, when it came to keeping the laws. He was a Pharisee, a, a teacher of the law under the Jewish traditions in the Old Testament. And, and he was somebody that prided himself on, on his religion and how clean he was in keeping the laws of God. Have you ever tried to get really clean? I mean, like, clean, clean? Have you ever had to clean uh, and get your bond back from maybe a rental, uh, a place that you were renting or something like that? I think about uh, this COVID-19 and how clean we're supposed to be everywhere we go. I went to the doctor uh, this morning to get something cut off of my um, chest, like a growth that sounds gross, but anyway, thought it might be cancer, got to get that checked out. And, uh, and, and going into the uh, doctor's surgery, it was like, I don't know how many stations where you had to scrub your hands. And uh, Gail, my wife, Gail, she uh, had me look at this documentary on how to properly wash your hands. I don't know what they put on their hands, but it was like something really dark, like charcoal or something like that. And, and, and then they showed how if you don't scrub your hands, you know, through the fingers and, and palms up, palms down, sides, if you don't wash that way, then this charcoal, this black, just stays uh, on your hand. And so cleanliness at the moment is, is quite the thing. And I, as I washed my hands, I thought, man, I, I probably wouldn't pass. My hands, I thought were clean, but according to this uh, documentary, they're not really that clean. And, and uh, Paul says this, to his understudy, Timothy, he said, this is a, a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Here's the most clean guy, uh, religious-wise, that keeps all the commands and walks upright and, uh, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees, he says. And he says, I am the worst of sinners. Remember the original thing he said, I've determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now he goes and he says this. He says, uh, this is a trustworthy saying Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. How could a guy like that say that he is the worst? I think about people that lived during Paul's time, uh, the, the Caesars and Nero and all of these people that were butchering people. And, and Paul says, of whom I am the worst. In other words, I, I'm dirty. I'm not clean. I'm not as clean as you think that I am. How could a, a man that looks so clean be so dirty? How could a man that kept these commandments be so dirty? Have you ever looked at somebody that you thought you knew that they were a nice person? They appeared to be somebody on the outside. However, you found out that they really weren't who you thought that they were. Uh, in the Greek theater, they have a, a, a character called the hypocrite. Uh, you might have seen the masks that they, they use in theater, and, and, and one of them, they hold that mask up, mask, and, and it's got a smile, and, and the actor is behind the mask. And, uh, and if they're having a sad scene in, in the movie, another uh, mask pops up, and it's got a frown on it. And uh, the person that plays that character is called the hypocrite. In other words, they, they are not who the mask says that they are. The mask is presenting a persona, if you will, uh, that is not the person behind the mask. They could be smiling when the mask says frown, or they could be uh, uh, 
frowning when the mass says that they're, they're happy. And Jesus said this concerning uh, religious people of his time, the same kind of people that, that Paul represented. He says, woe unto you teachers uh, of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. And he uses that word. You are like whitewashed tombstones, which look beautiful on the outside, but the inside is full of bones of the dead and every unclean thing. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now, before you get all holier than thou on me, uh, uh, could it be, just could it be that maybe all of us play the hypocrite to one degree or another? Just saying. Uh, I remember once in my early days of following Jesus, and uh, I kind of had one foot, you know, in my old life, and I had one foot trying to go to church and, you know, f and, and doing things to, well, not so much to impress people, but I was trying to, you know, be a good person. And I remember uh, I, I went out and I partied really hard on um, a Saturday night, I think it was, and I felt so bad, and I felt so, uh, I had a splitting headache from a hangover for a start, but I, I felt really, really miserable that I'd done such a thing because I was starting to become uh, a, a lot better person. I wasn't, you know, getting drunk and doing all the things uh, that I had done before. And I remember I, I went uh, in, into my bedroom and got on my knees, and in my bed, on the other side of my bed was a uh, uh, wardrobe mirrors, closet mirrors. And I remember praying, and I was like, oh, God, you know, forgive me, help me. I'm not going to, I just hate the fact that I did this and hate the fact that I got a hangover right now. Oh, God, oh, God. And, and it was like God said to me, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes, and I could see me looking in the mirror. And it, it was like he said this to me. <laughs> He said, you, you don't even fool yourself. Do you think you're really fooling me? Because in, in my mind, I was already planning the next party. I was already planning my next adventure in, in sin, if you will. I was playing the, the hypocrite. And, and I think a lot of us do, uh, we, we look at how clean we are sometimes on the outside or how clean is clean enough, how, how good is good enough. Revelation, Paul wasn't good enough. Certainly you and I aren't going to be good enough either. So you're not as good as you think that you are. I certainly had that revelation. And there is a virus that's going around. In fact, this virus is already here. In fact, every one of us has it. And it's an evil virus that's actually, it makes the coronavirus, the COVID-19, absolutely look, it pales in comparison, uh, the, the coronavirus to this virus. It's a killer. It's an evil, and it's called sin. You say, ha ha, sin. I, I don't know if I believe in, in, in sin. Uh, well, open your eyes. Open your eyes to this world and start to have a look at uh, what's going on in this world. And if you don't believe in sin, then you're not really looking. This, this virus, if you will, this evil that's been in the heart of humanity from the beginning has ravaged this world from the beginning. The cost uh, economically is staggering. I, I was looking just online at some of the statistics for drug cartels. 
just drugs alone. And it's in the billions and billions of dollars that people spend on, on, on drugs and, and then the ravages of that and families and the cost of prisons and, and everything else. It's staggering. And yet, uh, it's something like $100 billion, I think it was, in a decade. And then they uh, they compared that with what they spent on science and research and development, and it was like $30 billion. It's, it far outweighs. Imagine if all of that money was plowed into research and development, cleaning up the environment, doing good for people. That's just drugs, let alone the sex trade, uh, child pornography. The list just goes on and on and on. All the corrupt governments and everything in this world that is all attributed to sin in the heart of humanity. It's, it's an evil thing, and, and it's in all of us to some degree or another. Sin just means this. It's a, the Greek uh, word for sin in the Bible, uh, the a Greek that it was written in. It, it just means it's the word hemarte, and it just means this. It means to miss the mark. Whatever it is in life where you're missing the mark, you're, you're in sin. The, uh, the Bible even further defines sin as this. It says, whatever's not of faith is sin. And, and sometimes we tend to categorize sin and, and we look at big sin, little sin, certainly look at the consequences of sin. And, and I certainly do, like I said, you know, with uh, racism and, and countries fighting each other and the economic staggering toll of that. And then the cost, not just in in dollars and cents, but you can also look at the, the ravages of sin uh, in the cost of human life. I think about the last century was probably the biggest century for uh, evil people to be in charge and kill people. Uh, Hitler and Stalin and then uh, Mao, Mao uh, Zedong, or however you pronounce his name, of China, uh, you know, that led the step forward, the revolution there. Together, they killed over 100 million people. That, these were evil atheists. They don't believe in God. They kicked God out of their countries. They burned churches. I've been to uh, some of the places where, you know, they made sure to get rid of religion, but they imposed their religion of there is no God, therefore there's no sin, there's no guilt. We can do anything. Uh, they imposed that on, on, on humanity. It's not enough, however, just to focus on the big boys. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at why it's called Good Friday. It's not just good because we're good, but uh, focusing on these kind of guys, it kind of takes the, the, uh, uh, the, the focus off of us. And, and the truth is that none of us are truly good. I know that might come as a shock, but uh, you're not really all that good. Sometimes we think we're good, but not really. A little dishonest time attacks time, maybe a, a little white lie. Uh, we're so lovely towards everybody, but mm, not everybody. Not, not overlooking mistakes, but wanting others to overlook our mistakes, maybe holding on to some things that people have done to us, something called unforgiveness. That's a pretty big one. And, and what about the biggest sin of all, and this is the big one, the biggest sin of all is not admitting or having the humility to admit that you're a sinner. That's something called pride. Uh, denial, denying it, covering it up. How scandalous is that? How arrogant is that to admit, to not admit rather, that, that, that you even are a sinner, that you have this in your heart that needs to be dealt with? 
We're not as good as people think. I'm not as good as people think, and I know that, and I've got the humility. Uh, I've made the step to uh, at least admit that. I'm not the nice person that you think I am, and neither are you. There are things in our thought life, and Jesus nails that. He said it's not just on the outside uh, that determines whether you've done, done it or not. If you've done it in your heart, if you've committed it in your heart, whether it's murder, adultery, all of these things, if you've done it in your heart, you've, you've done it, which puts us in a pretty bad place, really. Could it be, just speaking now, could it be that you need a Savior, <laughs> that you need somebody to save you from this evil virus called sin? Well, that's the good news for you today is that he did come to save and seek and save that which was lost and to save you from your sins. Now, I like what it says to, in Colossians, uh, yet now, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, yet now he has reconciled, that means he's made it right, uh, he's reconciled you to himself, talking about God, through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you, this is so good, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How could that be? Welcome to Good Friday. That's exactly what Good Friday, why it's called Good Friday, that when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, you accept the fact that you're a sinner, you've missed it, you've got the virus in your heart, you've got sin in your heart. There's no way of escaping that. It goes right back to the garden uh, from the very few first humans disobeying God. But when you're humble enough to accept that, admit that, not arrogant enough to not admit that and to pretend like you don't have it, when you do that, then you're, on the, you're at the beginning uh, of an incredible exchange. And I've called this message exchange, X and then change. You, you, you come to the cross or the X, and then he changes or exchanges your old nature for his new nature. That's an incredible thing. Only God could do that because there's nobody else that's perfect without sin that could possibly make that exchange. Listen to what Romans 5.10 says. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? He goes on further, and, and, and listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made him, talking about Jesus, who had no sin, no sin, for God made him who had no sin to be sin. Not that he sinned, but he took our sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. Isn't that why we call it Good Friday? That is amazing news. If somebody did a, a crime scene investigation, a CSI, and, and they looked at uh, Jesus Christ on the cross, and they said, who did that to him? Who put, them, uh, who put him on the cross? The answer is, you did, and I did. Why, we were enemies of God. We were just as guilty as the Romans and everybody else that put him on the cross. Uh, our sin put him on the cross. He purposely went to the cross 
because he loves us so much. And uh, if we did a CSI on that, and we determined that the guilty party is actually uh, all of us that need to be forgiven, and, um, and we looked at the penalty for that, let me tell you what the penalty uh, uh, of, of your sin is when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Here's the penalty. Are you ready for this? This is the judgment that he hands down to you, and this is why it's called Good Friday. It's eternal life full of love and peace and joy forever. That's the judgment that God puts on you when you accept what he has done for you when you have the exchange. Eternal life, love, joy, peace, incredible riches, the kingdom of God is yours. Too much for our brains to even fathom that God loves us that much that he would exchange his pure holiness for, for our, our sinfulness. And, and only pride would get in the way of somebody accepting something like that. I, I had a hard time, I got to admit, you know, grappling in my mind, how could that be? And, you know, how, how could I, I be forgiven for the things that I did? And my things, I've never killed anybody or, you know, committed adultery or robbed a bank or anything like that. But when I, when I came face to face that, that, that I, I needed a Savior, that I'm not that good if it comes right down to it, uh, you know, inside of me, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I, 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 I accepted what God did for me. And I, I really invite you today, Good Friday, to accept the great exchange, to accept the gift, the gift that God gives you. And when you follow him in newness of life, you'll find you'll become a better person. But the, but the perfection is never going to be in your performance. You will be like Paul to say, uh, I am the chiefest of sinners. I've determined to know nothing, <laughs> nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? Because when he did that, and when I accepted it, the great exchange took place. My unrighteousness, my sin, my sin nature for his righteousness, his right standing. When he looks at me, when God looks at me, he sees his son and he loves his son so much and he loves you so much that he just falls and he just can't help himself and uh, he adores you. God is for you so much that he sent his only son to the cross just for you. That's why it's called Good Friday. Isn't that amazing stuff? I, I know it's, uh, that's what the gospel means. The gospel means good news. And I really encourage you, wherever you're at, like I said, in your living room, your car, wherever, wherever this message finds you, uh, I just, I just uh, encourage you right now to cross the line, make a decision to accept the gift that he's offered you. Uh, there's only one thing you can do when somebody offers you a gift. You can't work for it. You don't, you'll never earn it. You'll never be good enough. There's only one thing that you can do is say, thank you, I receive it. That's it. Religion tries to add all the rest of it, but don't be religious. Don't do that. Just reach out and say, thank you, God. I accept that. So I'm going to pray for you right now. And uh, then we're going to do something uh, today because it is Good Friday. I'm going to invite you to take communion with me. And, uh, and so I, I really encourage you to uh, get some bread if you have that or, or a, a little bit of, uh, of juice. And uh, if you're a Christian, you'll know what I'm talking about. And that bread represents the body of Christ, that, that when you eat that, you become one 
with, it's, it's symbolic of the fact that you are one with him and, uh, and drinking uh, that juice represents the fact that his blood has washed you clean. That's a pretty amazing thing. So uh, you can do that at the conclusion of this prayer. But right now, I just want to pray for you. Uh, Father, I just thank you right now for every person that's listening. I thank you that uh, our, our minds grapple with this, but our hearts know this is true and that it's with the heart that we believe. And so I thank you right now that there's a doorway into every person's heart that they would receive this and not resist such a great salvation. So I want you to say this prayer after me if you want to ask him into your heart and receive the free gift of salvation uh, and exchange your sin nature for his holy nature. If that's you right now, I just invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you mean this in your heart, then uh, you will be saved. It's a sealed deal. And uh, so pray this after me. Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my heart. If you've prayed that prayer, uh, I really would like to know that. And if you could go to our website as soon as we're finished here, uh, which is city-church, city-church.com.au, uh, and just send a message and say, hey, Pastor Ed, I prayed that prayer, just letting you know, know that, uh, then we would love to know that and to continue to pray for you. I'd also like to invite you to be part of our online community. So if you do email us, send us your email and uh, we'll get back to you. We have uh, Zoom groups, which uh, ha have a host, and they'll contact you and give you uh, like a password so that you can uh, become part of a Zoom chat. You can ask questions, and, and we'd love to help you grow and get connected to a church in your area, wherever that is, if you're not attending one currently. I'm sure there's some great churches wherever you live, but we're going to continue with our church online. Well, right now, if you'd like to just grab the... Uh, some bread or a cracker or wafer or whatever it is that you have and uh, maybe just a, a bit of juice or something like that, then I'm just going to lead you in a prayer and you can take this. This is called communion. Somebody, Some people call it the sacraments, the Eucharist. There's other names for it, but it's simply just partaking uh, physically of something that's happened spiritually that, that, that you, you, you and he now are, are one together and you receive uh, what he gave you, which is his body was broken for you and his blood was shed for you. So have you got that now? I hope so. Um, if not, you can take this later. But let me pray right now. The bread that you hold in your hand represents the body of Christ, which was broken to make you whole. So right now I speak healing, wholeness in your physical body. If that's you and you need a healing right now, uh, just close your eyes. I believe God to touch you right now and to heal you uh, as you take that bread or that, that wafer. Some of you are probably doing this with your whole household. That's just fantastic. What a beautiful thing to do as a family. And, um, and I speak healing into your family, both inside and out in the name of Jesus. And then that, that juice or wine or whatever it is that you're drinking, it represents his blood, which was shed on that cross for you for the remission, the complete washing away of every, everything called sin where you've missed the mark. And, uh, and so as you drink that right now, just remember what he did. That's all he says as often as you do this, just do it in remembrance 
of me. So go ahead and take that now. This Sunday is Easter Sunday. We'll be back live streaming again on Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock. Love to see you there. Get some friends, uh, pass this on, say, hey, uh, why don't you have church in your house? And uh, they don't maybe go to church, so church, you know, we're going to you, we're going to them. Uh, so just share this message and share this, uh, uh, this uh, our website and everything else. God bless you guys. Thank you again for sharing this moment uh, with me. And I really appreciate you. We'll keep you in prayer. We'll see you Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning at 10 o'clock this Sunday. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.